0: Welcome to Everybody Somebody, the podcast that uncovers the main character story within us all. I'm Amy. And I'm Dia and guess what
1: guys, we just recorded with someone very interesting with so many insights on a
0: topic that you all are going to froth over. However, before we go any further, this is a trigger warning. This episode discusses disordered eating, eating disorders and body image in detail. So if that's not for you, don't listen to this episode.
1: So we just talked to Anna Hearn. She is a body positive advocate that gave us so many insights into the diet culture, body shaming, fat phobia, and how we are just trying to better ourselves with no end. And it was just such an interesting conversation, wasn't it, Amy?
0: Yeah, I really love talking to Anna today. And I feel like we both overshared all of our experiences. Mm -hmm. We go straight into a clown moment. And then we tell Anna's story about her gym. Her gym is so amazing. And we're so excited for you to listen to this episode.
1: That's right, guys. Let's go into it.
0: So today we have a very exciting guest on the podcast who is a body positivity advocate, yoga instructor, fitness and body respect coach, and owner of a fat-friendly gym called Haven in Sydney's inner west. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you, Amy.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much, Anna, for joining us today. Firstly, how are you going? How's your day been? We had some technical issues, but we're done. We're
2: good. Um, <laughs> wow! <well>, yes, <laughs> I had a lovely day because I, I started with a yoga practice, my own like I got to go to my own class which is always a bit of a treat because I don't often get to do that so that's always a great way to start and then um, yeah I taught a class myself with our lovely clients so you know our workspace is really lovely oh that's
1: lovely and it's a very sunny day in Sydney today as well and I think
2: you always
1: feel so good when you wake up you do a bit of exercise and the sun is shining and you're like you know what today is
0: going to be a good day yes movement in the morning so before we dive into all things fitness and diet culture and body acceptance we need to do our popular segment called clown moment of the week basically (laughs) we highlight any funny silly or dumb things we have done in the week and make our listeners feel a little bit better about themselves so i'll go first because i think mine is quite obvious but i am quite sick at the moment And I feel like it is, this isn't even like a moment or a story. I just feel like it's self-induced by going too hard in terms of like work and social life and not having enough balance. And our episode last week was about hustle culture and how we're trying to get out of that and everything. But I feel like I've just gone and been a clown this week and just perpetuated all of these things that are quite negative for us. So I'm definitely in need of some self-care in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, you got to yeah. look after yourself,
2: yeah.
1: A hundred percent. You need to, Amy, I mean, you are a clown for not taking enough rest, so I'll give you the red nose. <laughs> Ronald McDonald of the week. But I can top that. So... Earlier this week I went to work, I was on the train and I remember like I was just scrolling on my phone and I saw someone sleeping and I thought like oh my god that person's gonna miss their stop. So I just kept scrolling, didn't realize, didn't notice the time, was just in this like doom scroll moment which you know again toxic, shouldn't do it. But it was just one of those days I was like I need Instagram to like feed my soul right now kept scrolling and then before I knew it I had missed my stop I was at the end of the line the other way I had somehow been on the train for half an hour more than what I needed to the person who was sleeping had left like they had actually woken up for their stop (laughs) and I had gone all the way to whoop whoop and I just yeah that was the biggest clown moment and I just called my manager and was like I'm a clown and you should
2: fire me that is a pretty good clown moment. And yeah, I've done that before too. I've done that plenty of times, so <laughs> you're not the only one. Very
0: relatable. So Anna, what's your clown moment of the week?
2: Well, as I mentioned to you before, I, you know, I when you mentioned that, I thought there, I do little things all the time, little stupid things. And I'm sure we all can relate to that to a degree. But then nothing sprung to mind that I've really done this week. But something I thought of recently was um, I don't know if you've seen these videos on <clears throat> going viral on Instagram. But for cat people, and I am definitely a cat person now. I've got two of them. This lovely woman she um, wraps up her cat in a baby wrap and like hugs it into her chest. You know that the cat just loves it, like being close to her. And so I actually went to the effort of buying a baby wrap because I thought that my cats would like the Closeness to me, um, and I I did a little video for my friend, and I was all excited. I wrapped it up and everything, and then she just fell right out the bottom like her bum just fell out and plucked on the ground. So I didn't even do it up properly. The poor thing, she she was not a fan at all. Cats are quite resilient creatures, that's true. They've got nine lives, right?
1: Well, great to know. We're all clowns in our own way. This is the official circus, guys. No, but jokes aside, we actually have a very important episode today, which touches on topics like body image, disordered eating, fat phobia, and toxic gym culture. And I think our obsession with thinness is definitely a multi-billion-dollar industry, selling body dissatisfaction through diets, supplements, gym memberships, and even surgery. It's something that we've all come across in our everyday life, and we've all been part of some sort of diet, sports, or fitness culture. Anna with us today offers an alternative. She owns a wellness space called Haven in Summerhill, which is free of diet talk body shaming or toxic gym culture basically the antidote to traditional weight centric fitness culture and uh can we kind of start by touching on your childhood i guess where you grew up if health and fitness was always something that was emphasized in your family like how did it kind of start
2: well thank you for the um, lovely introduction and you just summed it up really really well too i think i was a kid i was like 10 when i started really Becoming really dissatisfied with my body. And so I was an 80s baby in New Zealand, you know, 80s kid. So I grew up in that era where it was from memory, it was all about kind of low fat, everything. It was like low fat. Uh, yogurt and there rice cakes were in and I don't know, nuts and stuff. So it was sort of at the start of that kind of diet culture. So there was definitely like an interest in movement and there was, you know, an interest in, in looking a certain way. But I think the messages just came from society about the way that bigger bodies are treated differently. And I was the youngest of, of three girls and my two older sisters, uh, blonde and slender um compared to myself i was the the chubby dark head one so i always kind of f- felt that little bit different i really looked up to them so it was really kind of from that just stemming um from that i think being kind of an anxious kid as well quite shy not feeling super um you know, confident, and then I just really internalized those messages wherever I receive them from about bodies really get treated vastly different when you're um, in a bigger body. So I kind of just did everything in my power to not have a body that wasn't acceptable by society, and I started by um, skipping a few meals here and there, and I remember lunch times, like skipping meals at lunch, and it seemed really harmless, like, what did I know? I was just a little kid, and then it just really snowballed over the years, and in my teens, I was a deeply, deeply unhappy teen. I just really had a lot of loathing and body disgust. As I got older, that didn't change. I just tried different methods. So it was controlling it by eating a certain way, controlling it by partying and and doing drugs and stuff, and then um, certainly controlling it by exercise when I got into my mid-20s. That's kind of in a nutshell how I, I got into fitness and stuff and diet culture.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Anna. I can definitely relate. And I think for me, growing up, I grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s and all you see in media are thin bodies and the desire to be thin is everywhere because that's what you're told is desirable. You pretty much answered our next question which was about your relationship with fitness and body image. Could you go more into how that impacted you and I guess your decision-making and how you knew it was a problem?
2: Sure. To be honest, you know, I don't think I necessarily knew it was a problem for some time because it's so normalized to want to be smaller, to want to fit into society's standards. There's such a social currency around bodies. It's certainly so normalized in the fitness world as well, to control our bodies and control what we eat. In my mid-30s, which is when I discovered health at every size and the non-diet approach and intuitive eating and all of these concepts are a big part of what Haven's all about now. When I was discovering those, everything was kind of falling into place and then reflecting on my experience and also really reflecting on uh, working with women. I was working with all women at the time, going to their homes, and it just sort of resonated with everybody that I was seeing and their experiences and things that I were sharing with me too. That gives us a
1: great insight, I guess, into how you went from you know acknowledging it you noticed that you had these bad patterns and I'm sure it affected your mood at the time as well like even when you're doing those little cheat things or not eating as much or controlling your portion size or not eating at all it subconsciously affects you so much and it comes out in other ways that's what I've noticed for myself mm-hmm. as well. And, yeah. you know, going back to kind of disordered eating, I don't know if this is classified as disordered eating, but I definitely used to have those, you know, those skinny me teas. I remember for U 12 formal, I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I want to lose weight. I'm going to skip my lunch break and just like don't, sorry, not have lunch during my break and just have the ballerina mm-hmm. tea. And mm-hmm. I remember I did that for a month and then started feeling really sick and then mentally unwell as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think. I think disordered eating doesn't always mean you
0: have bulimia, anorexia, it manifests in so many different ways and things that are seen as
2: normal too, right Anna? Well that's yeah and that's what I was referencing before because certainly in I think as as a woman especially and in this society but certainly in the fitness world as well you know it sort of goes it's expected to go hand in hand in a lot of places that you know you go to the gym to lose weight and you go to the gym and then you get a, a meal plan as well and you do the both and you can make your body be whatever size you want it to be with just hard work and dedication to those behaviors but it's not the case and it is actually yeah quite deceiving and and can be really really harmful like it can seem harmless because it's so normalized but it can be really really problematic and yeah those little behaviors dear that you're talking about it can seem really subtle that like you just. Sort of skipping a few meals here and there but it can it can snowball and i think certain folk certain people are more inclined towards different behaviors and it might be that it's a mishmash of certain things at a certain time having other challenges in your life and being the type of person that is attracted to those kind of behaviors that can really snowball into something more dangerous like an actual full-blown eating disorder which is kind of what you're talking about you know those things like orthorexia bulimia those are obviously diagnosed conditions I've been talking to my therapist about this and, you know, I could have probably been diagnosed with different things at different times, to be honest, but it was just such a spectrum across 25 years that I know it's just not a helpful way to be, that's for sure.
0: That also reminds me of things like that I know now that I'm going into my 30s that aren't for me because I have that sort of personality that is quite Mm, addictive where things like my fitness pal, I can't use those things because it's just a gateway (laughs) into like really disordered thinking yeah it's
2: great that you can recognize that and catch it that's so true amy yeah i used to have that as well and
1: i just kind of got low-key obsessed and then didn't want to go out to dinners with friends i was like oh no it's i'm already over my calories and that's just such a negative and toxic way of thinking i guess this comes to my next question so why was it so important for you personally to create a safe body positive space like haven different to traditional gyms? Well
2: to be honest I think that it was kind of a no-brainer because for me I was feeling very unethical about normal gym culture and fitness culture and so for me it was like to stay in fitness I felt too I was too conflicted internally conflicted about working in that space with everything that I was learning and I'd, I'd sort of built all this information bank of people who are working in this space. So people who are weight inclusive professionals, such as dietitians and um, psychologists. I did some courses with some of them. I worked with a coach myself, which was really, really valuable. And, you know, listening to podcasts is something that I love to do. It's a great way for me to take on resources, you know, to absorb resources. So I found that really valuable. And that's where I learned a lot and sort of built a community. And so I was learning about all this stuff. And then it felt with all that knowledge that, traditional gym culture where there's mirrors everywhere there's body transformation images there's products you know protein shakes there's competitions and things like that and and often it's quite overt the messaging is really overtly weight centric but sometimes it's a little more subtle or you hear things in in conversations or in classes and that that are very um, fat phobic and i just was feeling so far removed from that that i just couldn't really be in that space so In that sense, it was like either if I'm exploring fitness and, you know, working in the fitness space, I was like, this is the only way I can really do it. Also, I couldn't really take my approach somewhere else because people didn't understand what I was talking about. It was like I had two heads. I just wanted to take my clients somewhere where I could guarantee there was no diet culture, none of those messages. I really had no idea how it was going to go. It was almost like, to be honest, an experiment because I had a short-term lease. I just thought where I was working at the time was very conflicting. And I was meant to sort of adopt those approaches of weighing people. And the, the measuring tape was really, really quite, I thought it was unnecessary. And, and it felt really degrading. That measure where people are judging their own worth, uh, I just found a space where I could take on this short-term lease. And, and that's how it started. And another thing I would say is that I felt like my people deserved much more because the women that were coming to me, and I was at that time working with women only. These were people that I really resonated with, women who... I had that same connection with because we shared a lot of history around our relationship with food and body. And a lot of us got close and shared a lot about our experiences, regardless of what size body we're in. We all shared a lot around how we felt about our bodies. So, and I thought that they deserve something else. That's why Haven kept up
0: it sounds like such a beautiful space to be especially when the standard is you go to a gym they usually try and upsell you into some kind of meal plan they try and weight you what kind of experiences have your clients had in gyms before realizing that it wasn't the space for them
2: that is a really cool question and i've heard some shoppers over the years like some real shoppers and one that springs to mind that I'll never forget was, I believe it was a kind of chain type training studio. And this client had had history with an eating disorder. She was there for personal training and they would weigh weigh in every week. And there was a scale there that was in the middle of the, the studio or the gym. And so people would get on the scales and if they had lost weight, the whole studio the gym would clap. And so if that wasn't the case, and she said that there was a time when that didn't happen there's no weight loss then there was no clapping so there was just this deep you know sense of uh shame and you know i mean how how heartbreaking to, to be in that situation to to have that relationship with your body and food already and then to have that kind of situation and look i know that a lot of people who are working in that space and from that approach that they think they're doing the right thing, but we really need to shift that. It's not helpful for a lot of people, and especially for people like that who do have that, that tricky relationship with food and body. There is something else that I thought of too, and that's often when I'm talking to folk, when I invite them in for their first session, I always love to meet and greet them because I want to get to know them or I want to share with them what we're about so that they know if we're the kind of space for them because we aren't for everyone we absolutely know that we really actually want to protect our community that is the top priority for me so meeting everybody means that I am ensuring that the people who come in the door are are people who who are non-judgmental and who are open to what we're doing and it helps to make everybody feel at home and something that a lot of people share is that they've never really dabbled in yoga they've tried a class here or there but they've just haven't gone back it's really put them off because the teacher's just giving them one option of everything and the teacher's usually very bendy small bodied very able often very young and flexible it means that a lot of people just um, don't have shapes that are accessible for them so not giving options comes up a lot and something else that comes up a lot is not being listened to and heard for example somebody said to me the other day that she had a trainer who was really great but she did say, look, I specifically don't want to focus on weight loss because she also had a history with a food relationship and the trainer just kept bringing it up and kept insisting on checking in on what she'd been eating through the week and, you know, suggesting weight loss tactics and stuff. And so that was just a trainer sort of being the, the person in charge and not really offering a person centered approach and not taking on board what that client is saying, which is actually really, really important for their health. Thank you so much for that, because I
1: relate to everything you have said so much i have also experienced really you know putting it out like fucked up experiences at the gym where i've actually had trainers come up to me and said like oh you've been on holiday lately i am like no it's like what are you trying to say like yes okay maybe i have put on a bit of weight you know it's just those little comments where it's it's kind of like almost normalized in the gym mm-hmm. but Yeah, that is really horrible and I think all this really leads to more body dissatisfaction and I read about this really interesting study by UNSW Sydney in the journal called Body Image and research shows that following idealistic images of bodies, so on social media or seeing them at the gym can actually harm our perception of ourselves and our body image. On the flip side, following social media pages or being around environments where bigger bodies are celebrated different shapes and colors and abilities or it's more body positive you can actually Mm -hmm. see improvement in the way you see yourself and your perception of yourself in your everyday life this is recent research and we actually have data to suggest that if you are looking at unhealthy images of bodies and if it's all very uh, idealistic and not natural you're harming yourself mentally so we see these Online every day in posters or at gyms and this is really affecting us and I think it's quite scary and what are some of the strategies you employ at your gym to promote bo- body positivity I know you mentioned there's
2: no mirrors oh cool question well the mirrors is a quite a big one no mirrors because a lot of folk do find that um, being confronted with seeing them in that space if they've had a tricky relationship with their body is um, just not the most helpful thing and also it can lead to that comparison so that, that's a quite a big one for us it really serves our kind of community And then I think fostering community is really important to me, and that's part of that reason I like to meet folk as well. And we have a few different ways that we do that, but we do keep our classes quite intimate, so they're up to nine to fourteen maximum. So it's really cool actually. We do often see friendships being formed and people, you know, meeting each other through the studio and then going out for coffee and hanging out and stuff, which is sweet. I always mention to folk when they come in that first time that I meet everybody because that helps to create that space that is safe it's full of people who are really open minded and non judgmental and you know appropriate for the space they resonate in some way and that really helps people to feel safe and often it means that we attract the people who are really looking for for haven who are of different bodies you know so we're actually seeing diversity in this space we have a special interest in size diversity because of obviously the body image piece and on our walls we've got lots of artwork which represents different bodies we're lucky it's a beautiful big warehouse building it's a striking building as it is but we've done well i've done a lot to it over the years i'm really proud of it it is a beautiful space our friends who are part of our community and fabulous artists they kind of Use it as a space to showcase their art. So, we've got these beautiful, bright pictures of different bodies, you know, lots of fleshy bodies, big bodies. And um, on the mural, we've got bodies doing different types of movement, different types of bodies. Um, again, that's there to neutralize that bodies are different and sort of celebrate and sort of even lift up the bigger bodies that don't have, haven't sort of been celebrated that much. There's another thing that's a big part of what we offer too, and I guess that's the language and the fostering of community and and neutralizing different needs for different bodies so we always work from this space of no hierarchy no hierarchy of bodies shapes ages exercises abilities we're always going to share here's one way here's another way and it's not the push-up on the knees for the beginner or the push-up on your toes for the advanced and that's what you're always trying to do it's like this is an option if you're looking for this, or this is an option. If you're feeling strong today, or this is an option. If you're working with a shoulder injury or, you know, so we're just trying to sort of gently educate about different options for different needs and normalize that some days you might know that your body's really capable and you want to take things to your intensity, which is different to somebody else's. It's not this grind culture, no pain, no gain, like always trying to maximize. It's more about trying to connect in with your body and, us as trainers, as coaches, as yoga teachers to guide with what we know about bodies, but ultimately it's the client's experience, their lived experience in their body that is most valuable. So we're just trying to sort of marry those two together.
0: I love that because not everyone is going to the gym to lose weight or to work out so hard that every session is they're at a hundred percent. Physically that seems impossible as well. I guess to switch gears a little bit when we see companies trying to be more inclusive of bodies. You read a lot of the comments when it's on social media and some saying that being fat positive is glorifying obesity or promoting unhealthy bodies, that it's creating an, a health burden on our society. What would you say to that?
2: Well, first of all, I guess looking back at how that treatment of bigger bodies has worked for us over the years and it really hasn't right it's not like we're all of a sudden this society of all small thin bodies and who would want to be because that would be really quite quite boring if we didn't have that diversity i think one of the problems with diet culture is that it sort of suggests that our body shape and size is entirely within our control that it's something that we have individual control over we just eat a certain way we exercise a certain way and we'll Magically get to our goal weight. It's just kind of n- neglecting a whole range of other factors that influence somebody's body and all these things, things like genetics and hormones and whether you've had a baby or not your age and all sorts of things medication all bodies are worthy regardless of shape or size and if we keep demonizing bigger bodies then it makes it much less accessible comfortable attractive for them to come into spaces like fitness spaces and therefore it's actually detrimental to their health in the long run because they don't keep coming that it's not sustainable in that so i actually think that fostering a space that feels welcoming and safe and available and accessible um, where people feel at home and there's bodies like theirs and they feel in good company where they're not going to be judged in my experience it certainly leads to a much more sustainable relationship with movement much more regular and positive health promoting behaviors I 100% agree and I think it's also important
1: to just quickly touch on the fact that people that are overweight or have a have fat pride or happy to be in the weight that they are aren't trying to glorify it or make everyone put on weight they just want to be treated
2: equally with dignity and not be shamed somebody's in a different body it's like I always think of bigger bodies as just like somebody's in a tall body somebody's in a short body bodies are just different and you know we don't try to cut off somebody's legs to make them smaller they just want to live their lives and be in their body and have exactly the same respect and opportunities that everybody else has they want to be able to sit in seats in a cafe they want to be able to have a comfortable flight and there's all these little things that are problematic that we take for granted those of us in smaller bodies we hold a lot of privilege there a
1: hundred percent and totally agree that skinny privilege is a thing and what is also a thing is fat shaming it is just so embedded in our everyday lives that we don't often recognize we're perpetuating fat phobia or acting in a discriminatory way against someone who is bigger than us so what can i guess everyday people like people that are listening to do to stop fad stigma or just check themselves a little bit
2: that is a great question so i think the biggest thing that's really important is listen to folk with lived experience talk to the people the people in your lives who are the ones in bigger bodies who are experiencing weight stigma and learn what it's like to be in their shoes and there's obviously you can hear about this stuff i do hold a bit of body privilege almost straight sized person my body has certainly changed over the years and that's tricky for anyone to deal with but it's in no way this kind of stigma that some of my bigger body friends and clients experience and then you know calling things out when you do do see or hear some injustice
0: definitely and i guess for people that are going through body image issues and they don't know where to start with their health journey, what advice would you give
2: to them? We talk about self-compassion a lot. We talk about compassionate movement, but also just general self-compassion, talking to yourself like you might a friend. community has been so, so invaluable. And obviously that's a massive part. That is a big part of Haven. Haven is all about the people. And um, we do a lot of things like bushwalks and um, uh, Book clubs, look, we haven't done one for a while, but we we do do things like book clubs and um, dinners and picnics and things. Actually, we had a clothes swap a couple of weeks ago. It was really cool because we had people, it was spring, chucking out, getting rid of the old stuff that we no longer fit. doesn't feel good to open your wardrobe full of clothes for your old body, you know, when you were... Sort behaviour that was quite powerful, and we had lots of people of all different sizes meeting and swapping things, and it was really quite special. So we do things like that. There's so much online. When I was learning about health at every size and body acceptance and stuff, I did a lot of walking with podcasts. My favourite way to move and favourite way to absorb stuff is walking and listening. So I did a lot of that, and that's where I discovered all these um, kind of online communities and that was really valuable too. So just being able to connect with like minds who kind of know to some level what you're going through, you mentioned it before talking about like the images that we see i think that is really important um i think dear you're mentioning that study and i actually feel like i've come across a study years ago because it was before haven was even open and i was really blown away about how it takes us from memory it was something like it takes us two minutes to make an assumption a judgment about our bodies based on what we see it was showing how powerful it is to be thoughtful of what images we see and what we absorb because if you were like me growing up in the eighties or in the certainly in the Kate Moss era was when I was reading Dolly magazines and it was just flawless skin, thin bodies. And I just desperately wanted to be one. That was that influential stage when I was at tween age. And so everything was being absorbed a lot. I think it's really important what messages we give out and what we see. So choosing what you absorb, following great diverse profiles on, if you're on Instagram, or other social media profiles are great and then you know your your community thank you so much that was such great advice and when you brought
1: up dolly magazine i used to love like dolly doctor you know like the sealed section
2: oh my gosh they did yeah and you'd rip it apart it was all very exciting and then you'd see like vagina
1: for the first time and like just like questions about like periods it sealed
2: up no wonder it felt really yeah.
1: too. but this has been such an insightful conversation about topics that i think should be highlighted way more thanks so much anna we really appreciate all the insight and advice you've given us today guys you can find anna and her gym on instagram facebook she has a website we'll link All
0: the details in our show notes, please check it out. Thanks so much, Anna. I think fitness and diet culture have a long way to go, but spaces like Haven are really paving the way. And I think most of our audience are also in their 30s. This is so relevant to them. And I know they're going to love this conversation. So thank you.
2: Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really cool to chat, and I love the questions because they're obviously so bang on and relevant. And I, one thing I just want to share is, like, I, I'm in no way the expert on all of this, or I'm in no way perfect in my relationship with food or body. It's just the, the journey that I've been on, and, and you know what, what is really important is to foster that community for people who are also exploring it. So certainly, if there's anybody out there who needs a welcoming community who are local come and see us we'd love to meet you but thank you so much for the chat It was awesome
1: loved talking to you and i'm sure our listeners would love listening to this episode so guys we're off thanks so much for listening thanks so much for listening make sure to subscribe
0: rate and review wherever you get your podcasts that's it for this week we're getting on our unicycles signing off latest clowns